0: Check, check, Mm -hmm. mic check.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: 60 Show presented by I
0: am I am I am. on Pulpon taking your calls and looking ahead
3: to the races with your host, Steve Mathis.
4: Welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto60 Show. It's noon. Sorry for the delay there. I had to tweet that we were indeed doing the show. That's the phone number. Give us a call. We've got one hour of Supercross talk. Round 7, the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series coming up this weekend in Dallas, Texas. The Big D. The series leaves uh, the southwest United States and continues on east, and we'll have some different tracks some different venues. Hell, we'll have a 250 series starting up here soon next week in Atlanta. This is the last round of the uh, 250 West Series for... um, Five or six weeks. and Then the East Coast guys will uh, pick it up next week, and then we'll uh, we'll carry on. So that should be exciting. Lots to talk about today. Fly Racing Moto City Show presented by NFAB. With a tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well. It must be lightweight. It must be protective. Yet it must be durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed flyracing.com check them out we thank those guys for coming on we're also giving away a fly racing carbon f2 helmet uh weston pike replica this thing's brand new it's only been out for about three weeks or so weston pike is a fly racing rider and weston pike has a signature helmet and we're going to give that away to a lucky caller today 702 586 pulp give us a call a few lines open still whatever you want to talk about a couple of great riders on the show today grant langston and Jason Thomas will be talking uh, supercars with us. So we're looking forward to having those two guys on. N-Fab.com, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. You got a Jeep, truck, or SUV. They've got it. And uh, they got light mounting solutions and bumpers and steps and and, and everything you need. They got it. And uh, we thank those guys for uh, for coming on. N-Fab.com. Email the show. Use the contact form at pulpamex.com. Uh, and we can get you a little bit of a deal at N-Fab if you need something for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Of course, I'm Steve Mathis with me, as usual, uh, manning the phones, holding everything down behind there. He's going to skip next week's show, which could lead him to being Wally Pipped from here, but... (laughs) You get
3: Wally Pipped,
4: huh? What's up, tits? Travis does do a good job, but I think I'm all right. Well, you won again. You got the whole shot. I did. You led all 20 laps.
3: really working hard on that one.
4: He's making a mockery of this, and this is something I'm going to ask Langston when I get him on. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Like... Uh, Eli Tomac, Kenny Roxon, they are badasses, and they're they're helpless right now. Cole Seeley, Chad Reed—they're helpless, <laughs> they're helpless. <laughs> they're helpless against Ryan Dungey,
3: so they stand no chance.
4: They don't. They really don't. Um, so uh, yeah, give us a call seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven, and we can uh, we can talk some supercars with you. Like I said, Grant Langston coming up, and uh, and your calls, and and a Weston Pike replica helmet coming up too which is pretty cool and uh we thank the guys at fly racing they got much more than gear too people we talk about their gear all the time but they got a ton of really cool stuff mountain bike stuff and uh and uh bars and levers and stands and tie downs and all that kind of crap that uh that people like they've got it so they got much more than uh than just uh gear so flyracing.com Let's get our our first guest up, Grant Langston, on the line. And uh, like I said, I don't know how we're going to give this helmet away. Just ask a good question or something like that. Uh, First up is Kevin. Kevin, what's going on, man? How are you?
5: I'm good. How are you?
4: I'm good. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? You there? Kevin's gone. Kevin's cell phone is gone. Uh, I think this is interesting to come up for this weekend. uh, 702-586-757. What do you do if you're, if you're Cole Seely, Kenny Rocks, and Eli Tomac, Chad Reed? What do you do? How do you stop this guy? And uh, certainly Grant Langston has, has had uh, his share of uh, going up against Carmichael and Stewart and those guys, so I want to talk to him a little bit about that. And the 250 West series, well, is Cooper Webb blowing this thing? He's got troubles. He's three points back now of, uh, of Joey Savacchi after Savacchi's win, which I thought was, uh, uh, again, I thought Webb was faster. But just like in Glendale, Webb made mistakes. He, he lost the front end, and uh, which he, he lost it again um, this weekend. So it's one of those things where I think if he just he has enough talent, if he just waits, he just sits up behind, he'll, he'll maybe get those guys. But he's frustrated. He wants to get back winning. And so it's one of those things where he's just got to be careful, calm down, and uh, let the race come to him. And I think he can do it. I really think he can win the series still. But not if he keeps making mistakes. And Savachi and Craig and those guys are going to be there to, uh, to take advantage of that. Um, like I said, a guy that knows much more about this kind of stuff than, than me is a uh, former national champion, world champion, 250 Supercross champion. Grant Langston, what's up, GL? How are you? Hey. Mathis, what's happening, man? Thanks for coming on. Hey, anytime. time. Hey, first of all, before we get too far into this thing, I did a podcast with Lawson Bopping, Australian kid, six round, six, did six rounds, made it in four mains, had a shoulder issue, everything else. He told me he went and bought a bike from Langston Motorsports before, <laughs> like January 27th or something. That's crazy.
5: Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I was actually pumped for him because uh, I know he he came over, and sometimes for these guys when they're not known, it's a little harder to get some help and um, – so through a mutual friend, they said, "Hey, could you just help him out with some of the little stuff, whether it's chain lubes and filters and whatever?" Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they said, "Oh, he also needs another bike." <laughs> <laughs> yep, said, "Come on down, we have those." Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was cool. I, I, I was actually really excited to see him do well because he's a nice kid as well. And um, it, you know, it's always nice when you see guys come from around the world. Um, I mean, at the end wow. of the day, you Supercross were there. Is the, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> Supercross is the. Uh, <clears throat> oh, should I say AMA Supercross? is the premier series. And um, so guys want to come over. And a lot of times, I think between nerves and just being unsure and all that, a lot of times it's not exactly the most successful tryout session, if you want to call it that. But for Boppy, he looked good from, from the get-go. And I think that's also a little bit of a testament to Australia having, you know, their mm-hmm. own Supercross series.
4: You know what's crazy is, so he got some cams at round three. But for the fir- <laughs> yeah. for round three or four, he got some cams. But, for the, so, but those two mains... That he made, he had bars, a pipe, and gearing. And he made the main event. Like, crazy. Like, obviously, suspension, of course. That goes without saying. But as far as the modification. <laughs> right? Isn't that
5: crazy, though? Well, nowadays, these 450s are so powerful. And not to mention, the Yamaha has the most grunt out mm-hmm. of all the bikes. So, around a Supercross track, I, you know, especially in, four, I think in 250s, horsepower is still arguably... You know, the most important yeah. part because you're still fighting for every horsepower you can get. So, horsepower is key. In the 450s, it's more about handling. you got to get that bike to handle because those bikes have enough horsepower. You can jump a 100-foot jump yeah. from a 5-foot run-up. You yeah. know, they're just, it's just ridiculous where they've gone. Um, sometimes you look at stuff, and you're like, "That's not possible," and then you grab a handful, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, it actually is possible." <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, handling handling is key, but that's why I said, you know, you know, good on him for for being able to do that with with minimal help and minimal parts. But right. uh, I also do believe that these bikes are so all the bikes. Don't get me wrong, yeah. uh, all the brands nowadays. I mean, they just elevated their game for years and years, and I mean, they're pretty impressive.
4: Yeah, no doubt about it well if you want to get the same kind of treatment that blossom bopping got is it Langston uh, what am I getting yes there? Yeah, okay all right go there yep. and uh, yes please Thank hey you. Um, you look you're one of the best in your day you're one of the best riders in the world and so you, this is this is kind of appropriate I want to ask you this so Kenny Roxon tomac Seeley, Chad they're the best one of the best riders in the world and right now Ryan Dungey is just on another level. He's got over a points late race uh, lead in the series. He's got a ton more points on, you know, if you want to go back to to, to and Chad and and all that. Yeah. Um look, you know, it's not Roxton and Tomac and Ceceli and Reed are working their balls off just like you did against Carmichael or Stewart. How frustrating is that? What what are these guys thinking right now when they clearly are not as good as Ryan Dungey?
5: it is frustrating um i've been in that position where you feel like you're doing everything possible and it's not working (laughs) um yeah it's hard to explain but it is it's just truly frustrating because you know i've always said it before with with racing these guys don't just uh strap their boots on on saturday and 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 race and then go back and live a normal life you know Mm -hmm. they eat breathe sleep this stuff so when you're doing that and it's not working out it kills you and uh I, you know, but the one thing that I did learn personally, which I would try and tell any of the guys mm-hmm. in that situation is, I know it's cliche, but it's a long series. And you know what happens. We've seen it happen in sports before. The West Coast swing, I think Ricky Carmichael said it once, you've got to get through the West Coast swing, and then the championship battle begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe there's some truth in that. 17 rounds of Supercross is a long, long, long series. It's a lot longer than it even sounds. So to stay healthy and stay fit, for those guys, look what happened when Kenny did win. Mm-hmm. He, he knows the formula. He knows you can run the pace. But the problem is, you know, whether it's Tomac in the start or, you know, uh, Roxham's even struggled with his starts this season. Yep. You know, when Dungey's firing on all cylinders, you cannot have a, a kink in your armor. You cannot have that weak link. So for these guys, you've got to start, you know, maybe – Getting to that point where you line up next to the guy and mm-hmm. you make sure that when you get the jump, you chop him off. Make sure you get the start and he doesn't put put the pressure back on that guy. When he keeps looking at the, you know, mm-hmm. at the results and seeing you chipping away, chipping away, it wears people out mentally and physically. <laughs> Plenty of racing to go. Don't give up. Dungy is on another level. Um, meaning. It's not like he's ridiculously fast, um, mm-hmm. or he's doing quadding rhythm sections. Yeah. That guy that can only triple. He's just putting every little thing together. He's getting good starts. He's really worked on getting through the pack. Even if he gets a mediocre start within a lap or two, all of a sudden, oh, there's Dungy. Sections, yeah, I mean Glendale. He's
4: lurking. Yeah, Glendale. He was tenth. He was t- ninth or tenth yeah. around the first turn, and then he ends up and he's you know pressuring yeah. r- r- Roxin a little bit at the end.
5: And and it's it's so what he's doing is and so his his bad start and and a and a and a comeback ride got him second. You know, and that's yeah. the problem. You can't with Dungeon if you have a DNF, it's going it could you could be faster than him. it might take you the whole season <laughs> to catch his point. <laughs> he's, right? he's gonna beat you here and there and then he's gonna finish right behind you all the other times. So, you know, for those guys it's you've gotta work out just the little little things and then take the confidence away from him. Yeah. His his confidence is sky high. I mean I feel confident for him, you know, thinking, oh, well, if he doesn't go down the first turn, he should win this weekend kind of feeling. And, and, right. and you know, he's got that same kind of feeling, and other guys, they need to start, you know, chipping away at that. Yeah. You've, uh, you've got some family
4: members who are going to KTM, and certainly you won titles for KTM. You're, you're a KTM dealer also. Um, what do you hear about Ryan, um, Ryan right now and his prep and his bike and everything else? I mean, it's just everything's on point, right? Yeah, I, I think
5: I think what's happened is that bike has also slowly evolved around Ryan Dungey. Mm-hmm. I think he loves the bike, he loves the team. Everyone's familiar, everyone knows what to do. Um, they're just they're just firing off cylinders. I mean, think about it. it seemed like for a while there, Mitch Payton couldn't lose a championship. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. racing goes and ebb and flows, and sometimes you can't quite pinpoint one little thing or what they're doing that no one else is. And you, when you look into it, you realize it's just a couple of little things come together at the right place at the right time.
4: It's um, got to be so frustrating, like you know, to get up in the morning and go on bike rides. And like you said, these guys are working their nuts off during the week. Yeah, and and Dungey is pulling away from them uh, in the points. And, and even when you beat him, like Roxon, you're like, okay, I beat him. Well, shit, he got he was right behind <laughs> me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's got to be. What he does. But I mean, on the other hand, like, I, okay, Ryan Dungey and James Stewart are two different riders, but. You know your outdoor title, you 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 hung in there, you worked at yeah. it, and, and things went your way. You know, I guess you, yeah. I guess I mean like again, hard to depend on Ryan Dungey to make a mistake, but you never know.
5: Yeah, I mean you got to just keep the pressure there because the more pressure you can apply,
1: mm-hmm.
5: um, or, 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 or you know get into someone like that's head, the more you're just going to help their confidence break down, and then it gives you confidence, and that's where confidence is huge in any sport, but. In, I I mean, I can speak from racing terms. Confidence is awesome because you just seem to ride better, you make less mistakes, and you just almost feel the other guy starting to crumble. Um, I'm not saying Dungy's a crumbler, but, I mean, I'll use an example. Look what happened when Jason Lawrence rattled his cage and got in his head. Dungy hated Lawrence, you know, when they were fighting for that West Coast. And Dungy did eventually kind of unravel. I mean, you could say, oh, he had a couple bad luck things happen in a row, but either way,
4: he He... sort of unraveled. And Mm -hmm.
5: Lawrence, all Lawrence did was... Just get in his head. He just irritated him nonstop, whether it was on the track, off the track, walking the track, at the practice track. Um, And, you know, sometimes nowadays in our sport, I I almost want to tell the guys, go have a conversation with Rick Johnson or, you know, some of those guys. Let them tell you what they did to win championships by riding over a guy with a sore leg. You know, they rode into his leg on purpose you know and i'm not I'm not saying hey guys go right into the other guy's injured leg, yeah but I think sometimes the sports also become um no one wants to be the bad guy you know no yeah. one really wants to upset the fans or or stuff a guy or yeah. you know what I mean do those things because he doesn't want to be doesn't want to lose any Instagram followers <laughs> right
4: um what do you think speaking of uh, uh well I want to go back to that J-Law and championship because I think this applies a little bit to the Cooper Webb thing but before we go there uh, Jason Anderson is one guy that's not been scared to make some aggressive passes out there and he's probably pissed some guys off I think Brayton was one of them this past weekend just add him to the list um, he needs a start but I do worry that Anderson won't get aggressive like that with his training buddy Dungey. but he almost needs to right
5: yeah, that's that's where it comes into the situation now where, you know, I'm Jason Anderson, and I'm thinking, well, the guy I need to beat, I'm, we're doing the same thing. And and I know what he's doing. He knows what I'm doing. Um, and I think they, you know, it, it might have to get for Anderson to be aggressive with Dungy. Like you said, will he do it? Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, it gets yeah. a little political at times. Um, I think Anderson has been aggressive. Um and at times, it's been good because he's gotten, he's made the power happen. You know, he didn't wait for yeah. the door to open; he opened it, and uh, <laughs> yeah. like you said, ruffled some feathers. Yeah, which is okay here and there when you need to. But but the concern with that is, you get to around fifteen, sixteen, and you need some help, and you get a six place start, and your five best friends are in front of you, and all of a sudden, someone takes you down because they just figured, screw it, you got more to lose than I do. So you you know you got to keep your uh, friends close but your enemies close at times
4: yeah really right um what do you think of Eli Tomac uh, this year he's 6 weeks in one podium uh Jason Thomas and I as we usually do get into got into a, a debate On my podcast wrap-up show I feel like this is not going well It's not a panic button It's not oh my god But I know double shoulder surgery is gnarly But he's he's been riding since November And I feel like if you had said to Kawasaki And Monster, hey, after six weeks We're going to have one third place on our on our record, I feel like that would have been something that people would have been. Oh no, no way! He'll that be would ba-. have
5: been subpar for them. Well,
4: yeah. okay. So, I mean, what do you think of his riding this year? How do you think his season's going? I mean, granted, like I said, you've you've been there with surgeries and everything, but still, I'm a little worried,
5: man. I'm a little worried. Um, I think what I gathered, I I, I, ex- I guess at the be- at the beginning of the year, I'm like, hey, he's come off double shoulder surgery. He stepped into a team that's had a great record in Supercross. You know, there's a, there's a lot to take on, a lot of change. A lot, you know, there's a lot going on for him. He's coming back from some pretty major surgeries. So when I saw Anaheim one and then, you know, San Diego, I was like, yep, that that's a guy. Yeah. Just trying not to get hurt, finish the race, do the 20 laps. I'm like, he's going to start turning it up when he gets more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, yeah, maybe he has turned it up slightly, but everyone else has as well. You know, everyone else has yeah. gotten a little more dialed in. So something just doesn't seem right to me. And I even was looking the other day when I saw on TV and I don't know if maybe from the shoulders uh, uh, surgeries, if he still has, you know, maybe some, some, uh, restriction of, of motion or maybe a little lack of strength or something, because he even looks like he rides a little bit different on the Kawasaki. Um, his shoulders look a little more rounded. I don't know. He He looks a little bit different than he did on the Honda. And I, I'm not sure if that's, not comfortable with the bike or maybe um, his upper body still, you know, mm-hmm. adapting or yeah. getting stronger. I don't know. But there's something there's something that's not quite right there, and I think that's what's holding him back. I, I, I think, like you said, there's no need to hit the panic button, but I think at this point I agree. You know, it's been definitely a little subpar. I expect a little bit more. Um, but I also think the fact that he didn't get hurt immediately was was, was the first big bonus mm-hmm. because now he can start building off that. I just w- would have expected to see a bit of, I guess I would have expected to see a bit of a breakout ride. I mean, I know he's kind of been right there or thereabouts, but there really hasn't been a breakout ride. Not but really. Yeah. The if first, he doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't get hurt, it's going to come. I yeah. you
4: know, it's it's just a matter of time. Yeah, the first 10 laps at Glendale were something special. Yes. He was yeah, very he looked, good. That,
5: that's the racist thing, you know. He looked right. pretty good there. And but, then it looked to me like maybe he just tightened up a little bit or Mm-hmm. lost that race pace right the end. i don't know if it was fitness or strength or yeah. you know sometimes we always say that but sometimes it's just hard to maintain that pace just mentally physically and just you know cutting out mistakes so yeah i just I, think I, 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 go ahead yeah I, I think he's got room for improvement i think now you know a lot of times with these teams riders can't say hey i'm just struggling with the bike because you know that's a big no-no um but, you know, it's not saying the car is not good, but maybe he's just not comfortable yet. Let's think about it. He got on the bike in November. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a late start to get there. So I think his results at the first couple of rounds were what I would have expected and, and relatively mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm. But I've been waiting to see the improvement and the growth, and I just haven't quite seen it yet. It's, it's, but I think it's coming.
4: Yeah, no, I agree. As long as yeah, as long as he just stays patient and everything else, I just think that if you had said hey, after hey Cowie monster after six weeks you're going to have one third with this number one rider that you spent all this money on, I think that people would be like, oh wow, okay, you know, uh, that's yeah. not that good. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's take some phone calls while we have you on the line, Grant Langston, Langston Motorsports, former world champion, former national champion, former supercross champion. Tom, what's and I'll going? Tim Ferry. I'm not bringing that up to I'm not going to bring that up. Tom, welcome to the show. What's your question?
1: Hey, guys, thanks Gail, Yale for coming on, and also thanks for helping that bopping kid. Uh, he's looking great out there, so appreciate that. oh no, thanks, The question man. is, um, Will and Tommy on ah, did you guys see the uh, them them playing a uh, block pass with... Uh, I did ben see three?
4: that. Or... I did see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I saw right. that, yeah.
1: Wouldn't that be great if the Alessis would, uh, Team Smart Top would... The Leslie Brothers versus the Hahn Brothers. That'd be a pretty good battle.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Huh? That'd be all, that'd be all right. Um,
5: yeah, I saw that. You tag team each other in and out. Yeah, yeah, um, like, like wrestling. wrestling.
1: Yes. Um, that was great. Yeah, that was that was awesome. And Trey Kennard, fly racing. Trey Kennard, What was the deal with uh, him uh, getting scolded by uh, Gallagher?
4: I just read that. I know nothing about it. I sent a text into John Gallagher. I didn't hear anything about it other than I wrote what I read in Cycle News.
1: But Apparently, JT well, yeah, ripped, ripped I didn't hear over that about cause that he email. posted that in his, he just said, John Gallagher, not going to talk about it. Don't want to get in trouble.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I, I don't know. GL, you, you said you didn't hear anything either, right?
5: No. I, I mean, I heard kind of saying, saying it that was, that I heard there was some, you know, heated discussion or something, yeah. but I had no idea what it was r- related to. Yeah. So hopefully we can find out though. Yeah. All right.
4: Thanks, Tom
6: thank you appreciate it
4: all right jordan what's going on you got a question about private tier finances
3: i do i was just curious um i mean i know to race on even a local level it's just tough to do financially as far as entry fees and parts and gear and just the whole get up you know what i mean and i'm just these guys aren't making any money i mean if if is it mom and dad paying for this stuff, or how do they pay their their bills and, and like live life and still afford to just go to all these races and not the, make any money? Well, what do you, who do you
4: thinking about when you talk about that? Like, who you, who do you have in mind?
3: I mean, even Adam Intiknap, really. I mean, I know he's making some money, but I, I mean, yeah. even the guys that aren't even on his level, like the guys that are going. Yeah. Consistently and not making names and not well, you doing got, anything. Well,
4: you you got to remember, uh, Jordan. These six weeks, the, the furthest you go is Oakland, which is a six-hour or seven-hour drive, um, and Phoenix, and like you're not spending a whole lot of money, you know. And also, too, something people don't realize: like everybody who makes the night show gets paid. Did you know, Jordan, that like uh, fifth or sixth place guy in the L.C.Q. who's not making the 450 main event? they're making about $1500 in purse money. It's two Now look, we can get into the whole argument about how that's a joke, but regardless,
3: they're they're paying 200 to race and they're
4: getting $1500 yeah. right. in no, purse that, money. Right. No,
3: that was that was the other part of my question is what kind of money are they making, you know, those guys, but
4: I think I, don't mi- know. I think minimum for a 450 class, a minimum thing I think is 400 bucks. So if you get dead last in the LCQ, actually I think it's more than that. I think it's 6 or 700. Um, I think it's right. 500 okay 500 we'll split the difference um, the so, yeah, so, yeah, so, five so five, the minimum you're good. getting is 500 bucks yeah. you're paying 200 the race and I mean yeah you're not getting rich but you know what I mean you're making it to it's three it's two Anaheims it's two San Diego's, it's Phoenix you won't see a lot of those guys on the east coast and the East Coast guys will hit the the local East Coast guys will hit the uh, hit those races you know but that makes sense
3: you know I I just I yeah. went back to one of your uh, older pulpamec shows I think it was show like 172. And I can't remember who you had on there, but they were ta- they were a privateer, and they were talking about how, like, it almost takes a grand just to go every yeah. weekend, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, and it does, know.
5: you know, as much as there is a purse payout and stuff, which, you know, when you look at the whole purse per event, you're like, well, that's a decent amount of money. But when it's split amongst 100-and-something riders, you know, it doesn't look that impressive. And it is tough. Believe me, we've had this conversation many times How how can we help? Because at the end of the day, we've got to help the sport. The more guys that just give up, you know, the less the fields are, the less talent you're going to have coming through the ranks. And, you know, the manufacturers have tried to do what they can. Fortunately, we've had energy drink companies helping out. But I'd love to see sponsors come in, whether it's Supercross and Outdoors, get some good publicity by just being a sponsor for a privateer fund, mm-hmm. just to help these guys a little more. Hey, you're going to get X amount of exposure. You're going to donate 100 grand, and that's going to be split up at the end of the year between all the privateers. Yeah. Um, on top of it, just to help incentivize and help these guys, just keep getting those little weekly checks that'll, you know, help them go. And who knows? Look at guys like Pike; they were privateers for a while. Got a, you know, got a yeah. factory ride. You know, we've seen guys be late bloomers, and you don't want to see guys just giving up because it's so expensive and it's it's such a hassle. Unfortunately, with the economy, uh, it's 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 hurt our sport. We're a luxury item <laughs> business, and a lot of people don't quite have the funds now. But all we can do is hope that motorcycle prices and products don't go up too rapidly. Yeah, and that when the economy comes around, I think if you know everyone has a little more disposable income, it just helps everything as well. And uh, but hopefully, we can get the privateers a little more money. I yeah, mean, that, that, that's the bottom line. And also, too, like Jordan, if
4: you want to talk about Entenap, um, he gets bikes and parts for free, or a certain amount of parts for free. He gets a small salary from Fly. All his gear, helmet, everything else is paid for. Um, you know, he's on the hook for flights and gas, and but he picked up a gas sponsor for the West Coast. So a guy like that is no, still, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, he, yeah, I know. know
3: that a lot of those higher up privateers get a ton of help, and it's awesome that you know you guys and Fly and all these guys can help 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 out like that. You know, it's, yeah. it makes a huge difference to those guys. Yeah, that's no, pretty sweet. no, Yeah, uh, yeah uh, But
4: But having said that, the purse money needs to be more. There's no doubt, and 250 purse money is ridiculous. It's it's pretty brutal. So, but I mean, that's another show for another time. Thanks, Jordan. You should pitch in, Steve. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should pitch in. I'll get on that. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jordan. Uh, Chris, what's up? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. You have a question about tracks?
0: I do. I do. I, um, last two weeks, I thought the tracks were phenomenal. I thought Glendale was just fast and I really enjoyed watching it. And then this week in San Diego, I love the sand section. And the, the whoops have been gnarly. I just. Although the main event didn't turn out very well, but the, all the races up to so that were pretty awesome. So and I I know that some of the racers like just the, the simple tracks, where they're just flowing, there's no challenges. I mean, other than hit the you know 90-foot triple. But yeah. I was just wondering, Grant, what do you think? Why don't they make more tracks like that? Why, why don't they just keep the whoops big? Why don't they separate the men from the boys? Because honestly, as a spectator, it just gets kind of boring. When I see the same track at the same place,
5: I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go watch again. Yeah. But what why do you hey, think? What do you think, Grant? Well, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. Um, you know, and this has been a debate that's happened for, for a long time. Um, you know, you can't please everyone. There's guys complaining the tracks are too technical. There's guys complaining they're too easy. Um, I think what it comes down to is sometimes when they dumb the tracks down a little bit, it tends to lead to slightly better racing. And at the end of the day, adults got to got to put bums in the seats, you know, to make money. So if someone's if the track's technical and the front three are spread out, and uh, you know, um, after a period of time, people will tend to not show up to Supercross. When it's faster and flowing, I think the rush for the people live, seeing them jump higher and go faster, helps, as well as it t- it tended to create closer racing because, like you said. There was less to separate the guys. So it's, it, it's definitely a, a double-edged sword trying to find that happy medium. And, and let's not forget, with Supercross, after a while, I think you do, you start running out of ideas because you can, you can only do so much in that stadium. You've got to put a certain amount of obstacles. I've always thought, you know, when you've got Anaheim in these throwback races, like do an 80s track, like throw in the Himalayas and some square whoops or some, you know, jumping mm-hmm. whoops. You know, don't even make them timing. Like just shake it up. Because sometimes I think the tracks have become a little too one-dimensional. Um, and I think if you mix the tracks up more, you'll actually get more mixed results because certain guys are better at certain sections or certain rhythms or staying lower or whoops, you know. So I understand your your frustration from the side. I think they're sometimes just also trying to find out just <laughs> and trying to do something a little bit different to hopefully create a different result. But I think... Change the track up. You've got to change the obstacles. Um, I've always said, you know, I'd love to design a track because I know I'd do it a lot different. I'd make it fast and flowing with big floated jumps, but I think it'd be more like Excitebike. But I think it'd be so different. People would love the airtime and just seeing things a little bit different also um, too
4: also too like the, the first san diego i thought the dirt was awesome and epic and great well guess what they had a monster jam in there since the yeah, race was they there the floor basically yeah and that last race i mean we saw the first turn we saw a guy goes down we saw a few corners that were just ice out there and that's from running a yeah. monster truck out there which i don't know how can you tell them not to do that it's their business or whatever
5: but it doesn't well, help it yeah it's a simple fix take it Take a tractor with a rototiller. Just go rip up the base again yeah. like you would do at a normal motocross track. So True. You're not riding on ice. Yeah. Take, your, take well, you a know, couple he, hours. You he, get the whole floor done. Right.
0: Well, yeah, Jason Anderson. I mean, he just went for it, dude. I mean, he was like, he's out there to win. He was standing it. He was going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what I'm talking about, separating. Okay. That, I mean, that was exciting. Me as a fan, like, oh, look at this dude. He's ready to roll, man. He is not. Yeah.
5: No, I, I'm, I'm okay with yeah, Anderson's you gotta, moves. you, you, yeah. go, you got to respect his – I mean, I admire his uh, drive and tenacity. I, I like guys that really want it. Um, um, and, then, and then for them, there's always that fine line of, well, of aggress- being aggressive and a little over aggressive. GL,
4: you but rode I think like that. Been pretty good. You rode like that, GL. Um, you weren't yep. scared. You know, you were aggressive. You you took chances. Um, you pissed some guys off. I think. I feel.
5: Oh, I, I, I know I did. I mean, I, I pissed I pissed some guys off intentionally. I went out <laughs> and intentionally <laughs> right. slammed him yeah. for whatever reason it may have been. But yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. You know, nowadays. Sometimes when guy gets aggressive, a lot of people are quick to get all oh, that dirty. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, if you look at the rules, uh, that wasn't a T-bone, and so that was legal. Sorry, he clipped his rear wheel. Maybe the guys behind should have hit the brakes and checked up sooner.
4: Yeah, you know, yeah, true. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah. And all
5: by right, the way, guess. the flight gear was kicking last week,
4: dude. Oh, cool. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, they did a good job that's with that. That all was right. nice. Thanks, Chris. Nice. All, all right, you. later. Uh, also on the Fly Racing Moto sixty show, Grant Langston, uh, presented by NFAB. Trey, you have a suspension question.
5: Yeah, I do. Um, I had a question. Has two parts.
3: One, if it'd be possible, and two, if it'd be legal, if it was possible. Um,
5: some of the NASCAR guys, they can uh, the drivers can manually adjust their uh, track bars mm-hmm. from inside the car. Yeah. Would they Would they ever be able to make? Suspension
4: adjustment? Um, yeah, on their bike. I think I think they could. I mean, you can change mapping on ignition. So if you could make you, a you can make yeah. a switch
5: to do it, you could do it. I've heard people say that. You have th- to read the rules because anything that's sort of telemetry based or like electronic that you can, there's a fine gray line. But you could make some adjustments. The thing is, um you know, I'm just trying to think out loud. Is <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine. These uh, ADD one-track mind riders out of the track, <laughs> flicking switches and buttons. Flicking <laughs> buttons. Well,
4: <laughs> like even even um. even Nicoletti told me, like okay, so they have that light, have that light for the right RPM for the starts. Yep. They put it um. on his handlebar. It's no good. He can't see it. He can't focus. They put it on his fender. It's no good. He can't see it. He's just he's given up on trying to look at this light because it just disrupts his start. <laughs> and of course, his starts haven't been great. But I can imagine a guy hitting the button the wrong way to instead of stiffening a suspension. Coming around to some whoops, exactly. he softens it, you know. So yeah. um, that would be a problem. But yeah, I uh, I've heard people say uh, Trey that that's the next thing that's coming. But I I don't know. It's I got to see that it's a long way. So
5: because I cause I know sprint car, some sprint
3: cars actually their manager or whoever runs a team, yeah. they
5: can control well, that's, the car
4: setup. Yeah, that's illegal yeah. if you do it from the side. From from a okay, from I got somebody got cross, Yeah, yeah. From, in, in motocrosses. You can't do it, you know, okay. using GPS or anything else like that.
5: So, uh, yeah, but, I'm just but, curious. I read that and right. wanted to see what you hey, thought about it. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. I guarantee you that there's stuff going on. I mean, I know from testing just, you know, telemetry and data nowadays. I mean, they do that kind of stuff where they've got sensors and everything. I just, I'm not sure if they, one, figured out a way to actually find a benefit to being able to make uh, switching adjustments. That would obviously have mm-hmm. to be. Be a rider preference, maybe, and just, and being able to test it to see if it actually really works, mm-hmm. as well as I think it's just a matter of time. But, you know, our sport's gotten more and more complicated. <laughs> I mean, I remember, you know, two strokes was simple; you had a couple of wires. Now yeah. you take off the seat on a four fifty, and I'm like, whoa! I need to be an electrician <laughs> yeah. to get this thing dialed. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Trey. Thanks for the question. Yes, sir. Bye. All right,
4: uh, GL. You. Before we let you go, uh, getting back yes, to sir. that, getting back to that J Law and Dungey title championship. I mean this isn't the same, but Cooper Webb is kind of getting rattled here. Look, his bike problem wasn't his fault in Oakland. Yep. Um uh, but he's lost the front end twice. He's he's been pushing uh I've saw him, you know, lose it in practice a few times. And um I just feel like he's still the fast rider, best rider, and I still think he can win this or he will win this. But man, it's starting to look like he's kind of losing it a little bit. Do you agree or what do you think? I
5: think I think Cooper, what, what helps Cooper is his attitude, and what hurts Cooper is his attitude. Yeah, yeah um, right. I think I think if you watch the first few rounds, he seemed cool, calm, and collected. Like, I was sitting there watching, like I'm like, man, this kid is very mature. He's already done the calculations in his head. He knows he's closing, and he'll get to them at lap 10, and he'll make the pass and win the race. And then, like you said, the last couple of rounds, all of a sudden with the points being a little bit different, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it seems like all of a sudden it's slightly impatient Cooper and it's led to a little more frustration. So he just uh, definitely needs to not uh, get frustrated because I've seen in the outdoors mm-hmm. when he got frustrated, he ended up getting hurt um, or, you know, possibly crashing. Right. So Cooper, when his mind's in the right place, he's damn hard to beat. Uh, and right now I just think he just needs to take a little breath. I mean, the good thing is they do, he doesn't have a choice because yeah. they got a big break now, so it's probably a blessing for him. Get some outdoor, kind of put that behind and come back almost like he did at round one. And I think he'll be fine. He'll finish the this, this championship out. But if he continues a couple of these little moments, because hey, we've seen it before. You tip over one time, the bike stalls, and all of a sudden it doesn't want to start immediately, mm-hmm. and you you know lose a lap. There's a title gone on an East or West Coast series. It's too yeah. short for something like that. Yep. So he doesn't have room for error now. He's got to, he's got to keep it upright, and he's got to just do what he did in the beginning. Just be very methodical. He's got the pace. He's quicker than everyone. He's a little bit quicker everywhere around the track. Like I was trying to pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. He's just carrying a little more momentum just about everywhere around the track. Mm-hmm. So he's taken a couple of tenths there, a couple of hundreds there. You add it all together, he's three-quarters of a second quicker than everyone. So no need to panic, but also he needs to be very sharp and not make any more mistakes. Before we
4: let you go, give me a surprise in the 450 class and a disappointment in the 450 class for you this year. We're six rounds in. So who's, who's been a surprise to you and who's been a disappointment?
5: Um, surprise? It's it's a little bit hard because no one's really been like a surprise to me mm-hmm. if we're talking up front. Um, I, I mean, anything, any, anywhere. Yeah. Maybe why not? I think, I think my surprise, no, because I, I, I guess I expect that from Jake. Okay. Like I, I've seen Jake and, and, and I like Jake, you know, we've been friends for a while and I know he could be there. So when I see him there, I'm like, that's where you should be, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, good for you. And I was pumped for him to get the ride with RCH. I think that was a nice gesture there. Um, I, I think, my surprise has been, I guess my surprise and disappointment are going to be in the same category. Okay. They actually should be both. I'm surprised at Christophe Porcel with the pace that he has, that he's been nowhere in the results. Mm-hmm. I thought he would at least had at, at least a top five by this point. Right. Um, I thought he would have maybe led a main event or been running second and maybe faded to third yeah. or fourth. But right. And my disappointment's been Trey on. Um, you know, just, you just, you think, okay, is it going to be the year for Trey to, you know, win some races and maybe have a title chance? And mm-hmm. it's frustrating to see it because he's such a nice, likable guy. But, you know, even like Anaheim, like he had a decent ride going and then. Had a great then, ride, yeah. Yeah. I, you, you don't see exactly what happens. You see it in the background, but it's like one of those where you, you know, if I saw him, I want to go what the hell were you doing? Like, what the (laughs) heck happened? That had to be on the dumbest, that was the most random crash of the back of a screen for no reason. But anyway, I'm sure there was a reason, but he's got to cut these dumb mental errors. I mean, he's got speed, he's got talent, he's, you know, he's got everything it takes, but he's not doing it. And at the end of the day, I expected him to be the team leader at Honda, and right now it's Cole Seeley.
4: Right, right. Well, man, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, GL. Appreciate it. Former world champion, national champion. Uh, thanks again. We'll have you back on and we'll see you. uh, We'll see you around, buddy. Thank you for doing this. All right. Sounds good. All right, right, boys. Take care. See ya. That's Grant Langston, everybody. Uh, Fly Racing, the original stretch fabric racewear, Fly Racing's third generation of light hydrogen gear continues to lead the way in lightweight, minimalist racewear design. With import from all the fly riders, uh, the designers there created non-restrictive racewear that eliminates non-essential features and replaces them with high-end, breathable, Elastic woven fabric, flyracing.com, nfab huge sponsor of the JGR team, of course. nfab one of the reasons why Justin Barsha was able to go to the Motocross the Nations last year. n fabcom Jeep truck and SUV parts. We're still giving away a weston Pike replica carbon F2 helmet from the folks at Fly Racing, so we're gonna pick a random caller and do that. Uh, next up on the line, our regular uh, guest here. He is out hawking Fly wear across the world. The Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? What's happening? Not much. How are you? Everything good at fly racing?
2: Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I was in LA this week. I uh, just got back this morning. So, um, yeah, just checking in and then I'm back out of here again tomorrow for, for Arlington. So,
4: yeah, yeah. well, the life no of rest
2: for the weary A jet setter, right? Um,
4: Hey, so we're coming up to uh, round six in Dallas, and certainly things will start getting a little different in terms of dirt, in terms of tracks, and even in terms of riders with the, with the E-Series uh, uh, starting up. If Cooper Webb doesn't beat Savachi this weekend and loses some more points, whether it's one, two, whatever it is, he's got two rounds left. Should he be a little worried?
2: I think he should be worried. Yeah, I mean, if he if he's still uh, not concerned, um, he probably should adjust that because I think the you know the the dynamic has shifted a bit uh, because I really felt that Cooper Webb had a significant advantage over everyone. Uh, I thought Christian Craig could get in there if the whoops were um, set up correctly for Christian's skill set, which are big and nasty, and mm-hmm. uh, you know Cooper just didn't seem to be as as good as Christian in the in a set like that but i think that's changed i think uh you know these guys have have figured it out a bit um i think their pace has come up and i think mentally they're just they're ready to fight with cooper now and they're they're not intimidated whatsoever um and i don't know that intimidated is the right word i just i think they were a little um you know uh just convinced themselves that they couldn't beat cooper and mm-hmm. you know that's never a good way to go into a race um we've seen that over the years with different guys uh, you know Carmichael had an edge like that. Stewart had an edge like that at times, uh, and that's what Webb was building. Uh, but you know, flash forward a few weeks, and that seems like it's gone. So he probably, in the back of his mind, is like, you know, I, I've got to win, but it's going to be tougher than it was. Um, but sure, yeah. To answer your question, I think he he is and should be a little concerned.
4: I think we all think that Ryan Dungey is going to win this title um, unless disaster strikes, and Ryan isn't exactly a guy to go out and you know cartwheel. But who knows? Whatever. But let's assume he wins. He's got over a points brace leads right now. Who gets second? Who do you like for second?
2: In the series? Yeah. Um. Well, I think that, you know, it's still really wide open, but I think yeah. you'd have to give it to Roxen. Um I think going in, he was, if not the title fit, you know, him and him, excuse me, he and Ryan Dungy were uh, the ones that everyone was talking about um you know kenny was leading the points last year until you know the oakland spiral started Mm -hmm. Uh, and kenny's shown a propensity to be at the front consistently you know he's the only um a week or two removed from a win a race win and uh he seems to move forward every time he's not at the front to start with so i think he's you know he's um easily the the second best guy right now overall Uh, i think you could make an argument for jason anderson there yeah but i just think jason starts and um just inexperience still at this level of racing for a 450 championship uh will show up you know uh sooner than later because he's been in the top five every race so far which is really really impressive i just uh i think you know the way he's been riding aggressively his poor starts um, all those things add up to a poor finish at some point
4: yeah, I think I think Anderson's been the second best guy, second most impressive guy to me behind Dungy, Um Even though, yeah, like we said, he's not there in the points. But um, if you can't get a start, you can't get a start. You know, I mean, Roxin right, starts right. seem to be better. So you're just not going to be able to come through these guys unless maybe you're Ryan Dungy. So
2: yeah, I just think I just think Roxton's a little bit more polished. Yeah, uh, I think if you started those two heads up, I think it's a anybody's game. I I would almost lean towards Anderson in a heads up match, but right. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it's playing out like that, you know, and Roxon seems to be a li- his, cra- his race craps a little bit better right now mm-hmm. um, to-, to finish, you know, ahead of Anderson every week. All right, let's get to the phone lines are packed. We've got no open lines. So, right, uh, we'll
4: Ka- Kaylin, what's going on? Welcome to
2: the Fly Race and Moto
4: 60 show. You want to ask about Trey Kennard?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I was wondering where you guys would place him this weekend. Where do you think? I mean, he obviously came back from injury, and he's obviously
0: shown in the past he can come back from injury time and time again. Mm -hmm. He had the best finish of the year so
1: far, the first race back, and uh, do you think he's going to build off that and do better?
4: Well, he ran third for, what, 10 laps, 12 laps or something? Uh, A nice third. He had a battle behind him like no other. But, you know, um, I I could put him – I would put him fourth or fifth this weekend again jt okay
2: i think so yeah i think uh he would have fared a bit better if he hadn't had so much pressure i I really think his first race back in a few weeks uh he was under a crazy amount of pressure for all of those laps so i think that took a toll on him and he still held off tomac uh, which Mm -hmm. can be you know overlooked uh but i just think that pressure got to him a bit and uh I think more than anything he kind of was ready for Roxanne to get around him there. Yeah. Um so mm-hmm. I think that'll get easier Just for him. Break. I think that you know that he'll become more comfortable with the pace and and I would look for him to be able to stay there uh sooner than later.
4: All right, Kalen. Okay. Anything right. else? Yeah, uh I'm a Trakinart super fan, so that's why I was asking
2: about him, but also uh I'm I've been riding my cousin's bike because he owns one and I'm looking for one. And I actually called in the Pulpa Mix show the, the other uh day. And uh, you guys told, pointed me in the right direction for a bike, but what gear should I be looking for as well? I
4: forgot to ask that. Fly racing, bro. There's like a... Well, that's what I'm thinking. Well, there's there's three different, four different lines, JT? You, any kind of price point you you have, you can, uh, the Fly's got a set of gear for you.
2: Yeah, there's four. Um, we definitely, uh, I would say three as far as like real race gear. Um, our F-16 line <laughs> is more of a casual riding entry-level line, um, but obviously yeah. we have that customer too, so... Uh, the great thing about our line right now is the, we've gotten so expansive with this stuff that we've been able to kind of um, direct it towards different fits and functions and, and really nail what you're looking for instead of kind of being very generic because when you say like that, you don't really do anything all that well. You know, you, you try to do too many things. You don't do anything mm-hmm. that great. So um, each line has kind of got a different concept in mind, and uh, we've been able to kind of go after that pretty aggressively.
4: All right, Jason. What's going on? You want to talk about Ryan Dungey on the uh, Fly Race and Moto60 show?
2: Yeah, my. Uh, you guys kind of touched on it a bit earlier, but um, just as far as flat-out speed and watching the races, I'm almost starting to get the idea now that if he started together with any of those guys, like I, I just I'm not sure anybody has anything for him. I don't know if you guys, uh, well, Roxanne or Dungey, but it just seems to me like he can kind of. He's not even going. <sighs> Well, as hard as he could,
4: and that's the thing. He Dungey didn't used to be this balls out fast. He would, Tomac would be faster, Roxen would be faster in qualifying. Um, you know, he don't Dungey would be on the board, sometimes be fastest, but most of the time I want to say not. Uh, this year he's and then, but when you combine with his uh, his race craft and his endurance, he would end up on the top. Well, this year everyone's in trouble because for raw speed, JT Dungey has it now also.
2: Yeah, that's uh, you know I, I've mentioned this before, but you know working with Chad and being around Chad all the time and, and Burner as well, uh, you know the the analysis was if Dungey was first first on the board in practice, then everybody was in for a long night because that wasn't his strength. You know the one lap thing wasn't he wasn't that great at it, uh, but he could do 20 at that pace all night long. So if he was first in practice, the race was pretty much over. What we've seen from him is an ability to kind of do it every week now. Um, he's turned that a weakness into a strength as far as even the one-lap game. So uh, he just doesn't seem to have any holes right now. Uh, I, I can't find one anyway. Uh, so that doesn't bode well for the rest of the pack going down the stretch because mm-hmm. if we've seen anything from Dungey, it's that he only gets stronger.
4: Yeah. All right, Jason, you got a bike? I do. You want a, a Weston Pike uh, Fly Racing carbon F2 helmet? Yeah, that would be awesome, to see All right, stay on hold, buddy. to get your info. Thanks. Hang in there. Thanks All right. guys. Appreciate it. All right. Uh that's the, the thanks thanks to Jason. Good question. Um Joe had a question about Osborne. He's gone. Um Steve left. Jason, what's going on? You got a free agent wish, wish list, Jason? Yeah, guys, What's going on. Nope. Uh, How are you?
6: I'm good, sir. Um Let's hypothetically, you know, you and JT both are, you know, the big wig at one of these factory teams, and you're putting together a wish list, not just 250 riders moving up, but all free agents, you know, like a six or eight wish list, you know, where money's no object. And, uh, of course, I'm sure Cooper's probably first on your list. But but after that, you know, does, we'll say Kennard, you know, if you're – you know, a president or a team manager, and you you can choose between, we'll say, Canard and J-Mart. You know, money's the same. You know, money's not an object. Which, how would you rank the guys?
4: Um, you mean everybody in the pits? Yes, sir. Um, I'd probably go Roxanne. All the free agents. Oh, yeah. well, that, yeah, that's uh, I'd go Roxanne. I think is my number one free agent. I think JT would agree with that, right, JT?
2: Yeah, I would I would say that's uh pretty standard answer you're going to find. Uh, I would hope so anyways. Just, if, <laughs> yeah, if you're just taking everything out of the equation, he's going to be the best guy that's up for a contract.
4: After that, would you say JT? Uh who would you say? Kennard? Th- Seely? Yeah, I th- I think
2: uh I think Webb would be up there. Yeah, but he's um, he's done, right? So. Yeah, I yeah, well, I'm he,
4: saying that he, w- he wasn't. Though. Okay, well, yeah, then we can- yeah, I think Webb would be next.
2: Yeah, I would say Webb would have to be have to be the second guy just because he's so young and shows so much promise. Um, but after that, I think there's some guys, you know, Sealy, Kennard, I think there's a lot of guys that you could lump in kind of together uh, because a lot of those guys, you know, I would put most of those guys ahead of J-Mart, which may not sound fair for a two-time defending outdoor national champion, but the value of a rider that can win a Supercross race can't be overstated. It just can't. Uh, and I don't see that from J-Mart. I don't see him winning a 450 Supercross anytime soon. But a guy like Cole Seely or a guy like Trey Kennard, it can happen on any Saturday night. So that's where the, the real value comes in. And we've seen that time and time again from guys like Josh Grant, uh, where they just command these deals when you're kind of scratching your head. But it's just that, that raw speed and ability on a given night is is hard to replace.
4: One of the things, JT, that's interesting is this This very well could be a choice there could be a choice this year between Cole Seely and Trey Canard, either for Honda or for another team or anything else. And there's so many positives and negatives to those two guys that that's an interesting choice, salary being equal. You know, it's a really interesting choice.
2: Yeah, it is. I think uh, you know the one thing that you have to add because I really think if you look at Trey and Seely right now, they're they're hard to distinguish between. I, th- I think they're fairly close Um, I think Trey has, has been better at times but just looking at where they're at right now I think they're fairly close the one the one upside that Trey has is he can win outdoors too so I think HRC values the outdoors quite a bit and Trey has shown you know that he can win outdoors and I don't I don't necessarily think that Cole can. I just don't think that's his forte. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can go out and beat Ryan Dungy heads up on an outdoor track. I just don't see that happening where we've seen Trey do it. So that would be one feather in Trey's cap if they had to go head-to-head on a deal like that.
6: Cool. Thanks. Hey, JT, uh, oh, one more thing, sir. Oh, okay. uh, he's talking about Trey, um, and, and I don't know the, the thinking of these pro riders. I know their career is usually so short that, you know, you – The thinking is get all you can while you can, money-wise. But do you think maybe um, familiarity with the team and, you know, he's had a career and he's made some money that he might, when it comes to negotiating time, maybe take less than Cole would because, you know, age and this, you know, different things. (laughs) Just to stay. What do you think, JT? Guys,
4: you th- do you think Kennard like, you? You uh, would do that? I, I don't think so, but what do you think, JT? I think these agents and riders are.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that either one of them are, are really in a position where they can just lay down the law as far as a deal. Uh, both of them have ridden well, don't get me wrong, but I don't think either one of them can pull a holdout situation. You know, trades dealt with so many injuries, and then, you know, Cole isn't doesn't have the greatest outdoor track record. Uh, and neither of them, you know, obviously Cole had a great rookie 450 season, but, you know, he's he's gotten a second this year. You know, I just think with guys like Roxon and these guys on the table, and they both know that they're probably vying for the same spot unless HRC wants to kind of convert that Geico spot into an HRC spot. I think both of them are probably going to be a little bit negotiable. Um, you know, there will be spots open, though. You know, I, I can guarantee you just from past history that, you know, teams like Kawasaki uh, will, will be talking to Trey. You know, they were very interested last time at contract time uh, for that, you know, to, to team up with Tomac. So there's always that balance between trying to get the most value of the team you want to be at, but then, hey, if that doesn't work out, you know, I have this other great team that's willing to pay me really well, too. So uh, it's a tightrope walk for all these guys. And, you know, everyone's trying to leverage what they, you know, their perceived value. And uh, it's, <laughs> you'd never really know what that is um, comparatively between team to team.
4: Cool. Thanks. Thanks for your call, man. Appreciate it. All right. Let's move on. Josh. Josh, what's going on? You got a question uh, about Martin and Webb Outdoors? Yeah, I kind of wanted to know who you we thought we
0: had the best chance to win because Cooper has never beaten Martin in the series so far. I kind of wanted to know if this was going to be a year for Cooper. What
2: do you think, JT? I think he's got a shot. I think uh, he's got to remove some mistakes from his game because that's one thing that we've seen from Jay mart is he's pretty solid as far as week in and week out. Um, Cooper's had some some weekends where he just – tends to throw it away, and we're seeing that in Supercross kind of rear its head again. And, you know, he should have a big points lead right now. I understand that. But he's also crashed in two main events in a row. So I like J-Mart to win again. Uh, I think Cooper will be there. I just don't know if it'll be every single weekend like it takes to win a championship.
0: I guess the other question I guess I would have is, are they ever going to improve their starts? Because Cooper's starts are terrible, and so are Jeremy Martin's starts are also terrible.
2: Well, Coopers have not been – well, they've been hit and miss. They've been really hit and miss. Um, You know, like this weekend, he was right there. Uh, But I think on the outdoor tracks, uh, the Yamaha 250s are really fast, and I think that that will help them. Um, You know, they've been working with uh, this launch control quite a bit uh, to improve that. But Supercross starts are are weird because you really – you know, there's so much wheel spin on these hard – slippery supercross starting gates um so there's so much with the EFI and the ECU and the traction control and and all those factors come into play so much in these supercross starts where outdoors they're they're really allowed to kind of open it up a bit more they have so much more traction to work with uh that as long as you don't wheelie and you have your whole shot button kind of dialed in it's it's a bit easier so I I think Jeremy Martin just he's just not a great starter overall uh but I don't think that's really the case for Cooper I think uh, I think Cooper will we'll be up front quite a bit.
4: Cool. Thank you. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, question from Todd about fly gear uh, and how many sets. Todd, what's going on? How are you?
5: Not too bad. Thanks for the call, guys.
3: I guess, you know, I, you watch all these guys on TV. They come out with this brand new stuff. I just can not imagine, you know, me being like, you know. Your phone's, uh, exactly you, can't, you can't, really,
4: can't really hear you. Todd, your phone <laughs> is all jacked up.
2: Can you hear me now? There we go. That's better. All right. Sorry about that.
3: No, I'm just wondering how many sets a weekend, and then whatever happens to, like, the practice gear or, you know, some of these one-off sets and stuff like that, even the boots, you know? What happens to them? Do they go back to the, to Fox or whoever or Fly, and then, you know, what happens to them?
4: Uh, what happens to the old gear? Mostly given away, huh, JT? Thanks for your question, Todd. Appreciate it. Uh, it really depends. It really
2: depends uh, on when. Uh, like right now, everyone's running just the mainline stuff that's been out for a while. So, generally, the the you know elite guys are getting two to three sets a weekend, depending on preference. You know, a guy like Millsap's like three, likes three. Other guys, you know, they don't really mind having two. So it just depends. Uh, but two to three on average. Uh, but then when you get into the weird times, um, you know, we start summer, we'll launch our 2017 stuff in late summer. So for a few weeks there, every set will come back to the office. Uh, we we obviously don't want that out there for dealers to have or, or customers to, to really have yet uh, because we're trying to launch it um, all at once. But... Most of the time, it's stuff is just given away. So we'll do for auctions, benefits, um, man, just giving them to little kids, you know, whatever. Uh, so it's really at the rider discretion for, for, I would say, 90% of the year.
4: Most of the time with boots, you mentioned boots. They're just worn out. They're thrown away, right? I mean, that's kind of... Yeah, Alpine Stars,
2: I know Alpine Stars takes theirs back. They do a lot of... Uh, oh,
4: do they take them back? Fixing,
2: the... fixing during the week, yeah. They'll, they'll make adjustments, and a lot of their stuff is kind of custom for the rider. Yeah uh so they work with the rider quite a bit week to week on hey if we move this piece here move because they don't typically run just right off the shelf boots um so for us it's just uh you know we we've custom fabricated a couple pair here and there but most of the time it's just hey here's your boots run them if you have an issue you know we'll we'll replace them uh but that i think that's generally the case for most companies
4: yeah it um it's funny the uh, uh, when I've been around guys during the week and stuff, you'll see them wearing boots. Like you'll see them at a race wearing like a flow yellow boot, right? And then you go to their house two months later, and they're wearing the, the, the beat down race yellow ones, or now they're practice ones. They don't even care, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? They're just I'm just like, oh, well, that's where those boots went, you know? Or, yeah. or Vegas like Vegas uh, cards on them, you know? Mm-hmm. Now they'll be turned into a practice boot. So
2: yeah, a lot of times the reason for that is those little changes that I was saying are made. Uh, the riders really like that because a lot of times a little plastic piece will catch here or the way that the um, the protection is sewn in kind of on the sides and on the toe cap and all that stuff, they've kind of custom fabricated for the way they ride and not to catch on certain angles. So they'll want to keep wearing those boots. Uh, but you're right. At some point, those things just get turned into practice. sets because they've already been fixed to the way they want them.
4: Right on. All right, give me your winners this weekend. JT Dallas, round seven. Give me your winners. and uh, Webb
2: really tough
4: right ah, uh, I, I think know. uh well, i think
2: if the whoops are really tough i i'll take christian craig but i'm gonna have to wait i'm gonna go with webb as my default but if the whoops are really big i think craig rides the the mm-hmm. hard pack track stuff really well and he could have an advantage so we'll see but i i, I just have to default to webb i think he's the best overall rider
4: yeah, I think I agree with you on that. All right, buddy, thank you for coming in the BTO Sports VIP program. Uh, still going strong. You got some spots still open going. for that? You need? Uh, uh, yeah, I do. Okay. I do.
2: Really busy right now, but um, long season, so still yeah. there.
4: So Jason36 at Com. if you want to BTO Sports, be a BTO Sports.com, KTM VIP. Yes, right. sir. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, guys. All right, see you. Another show is over. The Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Old tits over there. Looking smug because his rider is doing so well. I don't it's a like, good time. I, I don't want the way you look lately. You got an air of arrogance. <laughs> Get used to it. It's going to be like this for a while. Congratulations on your title. Yes, thank you. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Tits will not be in, but we will have Travis in. We like Travis better. See you next week.
6: I was born